in the Colossians chapter 1 and verse 1. Book of Colossians. Good to be a Christian this morning. Such an honor and a privilege to know the Lord this morning. Be part of that royal family of God. Thankful, thankful for the roof over her head and clothes on her back, food in my belly this morning. My, we serve a great God, a generous, generous, merciful, compassionate God this morning. Appreciate him this morning. Paul, it was believed that Paul was in, in Rome in prison where he was in his own hired house. He spent two years there, more than likely chained to a Roman soldier. When he wrote this letter uh, unto the Colossians, and, and Epaphras, as uh, far as we know, Paul had never been to Colossae, to the church, but Epaphras, was, which was a convert of Paul and saved under Paul's ministry, went there and as a missionary and started this church and was a minister unto him. And Epaphras had come back, come to Rome to to visit Paul there while he was in his hired house and begin to tell Paul about some of the problems that he had there in the church at Colossae and he was caught up in some false doctrine and some wrong beliefs and and Paul wrote this letter and sent it back to Colossae by Epaphras to, that he might correct some of their false doctrine and false teaching that was going on in the church and, and here in chapter 1 and verse 1 now it says Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ, and I, and I like this by by the will of God. I thought when it come, when it comes to the economy of God, we don't just get up and go. I thought Jesus, He's the head of the church, uh, and He's in charge of the church, and and just like the the human body the fingers the right hand don't decide to take charge one day or the left hand don't or the right leg all orders has to come from the brain same way the church of the Lord Jesus Christ all orders has to come from the Lord Jesus Christ and and he calls us and he sends us and we just don't get up decide one day well I'm going to be a preacher it don't work like that we don't we don't really get up and decide anything in this thing we've got to allow, allow the Lord to lead us we we humble ourselves and make ourselves available to the to the one in charge, to the Lord Jesus Christ, and we let him lead us, whether he wants us to be a preacher, a teacher, a singer, or whatever the Lord would have us to do. It has to be in his will, not ours. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll mess everything up if we try to do it our way. Everything in the church has to be according to God's will. And Paul was an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. It wasn't Paul. Paul didn't call himself. Jesus himself met Paul on the road to Damascus and called him out in due season to be an apostle and a, and a, and a preacher of the gospel to the Gentile world. And he was called by God and God placed him there. And we don't just get up and do anything we want to do when it comes to the things of God. We've got to be led and got to be called by God and sent by God. And, and Timothy, our brother, and I believe this is the same Timothy that First and Second Timothy was written to. Evidently, Timothy was there with Paul at Rome in that, in that hired house. And 
Timothy was involved. You know, Paul's eyesight wasn't that good. Maybe Timothy was the one actually pinned it down. Maybe Paul talked it over with Timothy. I don't know how Timothy was involved, but he was involved somehow with this letter. He was there with Paul. And it was to the saints and faithful brethren. I like that, faithful brethren. It was to the saints and the faithful brethren in Christ which are at Colossae. And now, uh, since this letter, now, prob- I, I don't know how much Paul knew about when he penned this letter, whether he knew it was going to make it in the Holy Scriptures or not, but since it made it in the Holy Scriptures, it's not just to Colossae, it's for people right here at Tubbers Creek. Hey, man, it, it was sent to us this morning, this letter was, to, to, it's to Colossae, and he says, Grace... Be unto you. I appreciate that. Where in the world would we be without God's grace this morning? We'd be helpless. We'd be hopeless. We'd be doomed for devil's hell this morning if it had not been for the grace of God. Willing to give his only begotten son to take our place on that old rugged cross. And peace from God? Oh my, they ain't nothing like the peace of God. They just ain't nothing like the peace of God that passes all understanding. There's been a lot of storms and a lot of valleys that I've had to went through. I I just don't know how I would have made it without that peace of God that passes all understanding. My, they ain't nothing like the peace of God this morning. Grace unto you and peace from God our Father, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see, he's not just Savior. Thank God he's our Savior. Thank God he's our good shepherd. (laughs) Thank God he's our ever-present help in the time of need this morning. Thank God he's our high tower this morning. That when we drift, he's always out there. We can see him. But he's also Lord this morning. He's Lord. And he should be Lord of our lives this morning. He's the one in charge. He's the head honcho this morning. And we shouldn't do nothing without his leadership, without his permission, without his guidance this morning. My too many Christians wants Jesus as Savior. They don't want nothing to do with that Lord part. But my, he needs to be. If we truly want to enjoy this way, if we want security in this way, he has to be Lord of our lives this morning. My. We want that peace that passes all understanding. We've got to submit and surrender to his lordship in our lives this morning. And he says in verse 3, we give thanks. We give thanks to God and the Father. And there's that Lord again of our Lord Jesus Christ. And my, he's worthy to be thankful to this morning. We don't know him just a little bit. My, he's worthy of, of thanksgiving, and he's worthy of praise. He's worthy of honor. Where in the world would we be without him this morning? My, he give me the air that I'm breathing this morning. That There ain't no way that little heart in there. Some people lives over 100 years old, and that heart beats day and night without any rest. Only God can make such a vessel that's in our heart. My, it's by his power and authority that heart continues to beat this my, he's worthy of thanksgiving. He's worthy of pray. My, no wonder the, 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 the writer wrote, my, it's only reasonable that we present our bodies a living sacrifice after all that he's done for us. And we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
praying always for you. Now, Paul, as far as we know, Paul had never met these people at the Colossians, the church there. But he had such a, a pastor's heart. He had such a, a, a missionary's heart. And, and, and here Paul was locked up, chained to a Roman soldier, in prison there in, in his own hired house. He had freedoms. He could ride. People could come and visit him. And, 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 but, and, and Paul could have just tucked the situation and, and, and just give up, like a lot of people do. But Paul said he, he, said he had to learn wasn't automatic. He said he had to learn to be content in whatsoever state he was in. And think about old Paul there in prison. Here he is, wrote, wrote, he wrote several letters from the, from the prison there. It, there was people come in and visit him, and he encouraged people along the way. He was able to write this letter. And here he is praying for the saints over at Colossae, people that he had never met. He said, he said I praying always for you. There he was. He could have let his situation been gloom and doom and done nothing. But here he was praying for God's people. Here he was sending a letter, a letters that was going to make it in the Holy Scriptures. My, he said, whatsoever state I'm in, God, my, don't, don't let your situation th- make you think God can't use you. Little as much if God is in it. Amen and hallelujah. And he can take anybody. He, he can take somebody in a nursing home and use them for his glory. My, we don't have to have health. We don't have to have money. We don't have to have talent. He's just looking for somebody willing this morning. He can do the rest this morning. My, we serve a great and a mighty God. And I assure you, we're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ and whatever excuse you come up with as to why you couldn't work for the Lord ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. He can use any of us at any time, and no matter what situation we're in, you look at Apostle Paul there in prison and chains to a Roman And I often wonder how many of those Roman soldiers Paul led to the Lord. They changed shifts in and out all the time. Oh, you know Paul told them about Jesus. Hallelujah this morning. Glory to God. My, ain't God good this morning. Woo! Praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and love which you have to all the saints. And I, I believe that was one of the key uh, of letting Paul know what kind of people. They, this is one of the key is why Paul told it in back verse 2, saints and faithful brethren, because he heard about their love. We know we pass from death unto life because we love the brethren. Epaphras evidently had come and told Paul that about their love that they had one for one another and how they had love for the other brethren and, and told Paul and Paul said, I heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints. That let Paul know immediately they, they've got something. They've got a hold of the real deal. They got love one for another. And for the hope, in verse 5, for the hope... Now, now remember, Paul says back in verse 3, and he's still talking about we give thanks. We, we give thanks to God and the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, and this is what he's still talking about. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven this morning. My, Paul said we give thanks for this hope. My, our hope ain't in this old world. Our hope's over there. 
This old life is just the getting ready place. This life ain't nothing but to get prepared for the life to come. Don't put your hope in this world. We don't have no idea what we might have to go through in this life. We don't know what a day may bring. We might be in a nursing home tomorrow. We don't know. We might have a heart attack, might be in the, in the hospital. We don't know. But we know who holds tomorrow. And if we've made preparations for the world to come, that's all that really matters. My, my, we don't know what a day may bring. But put your hope up there. Lay your treasures up in heaven where the thieves can't break in and steal it and the rust won't corrode it and my, it'll be there safe and secured. And, and, And the only thing we're going to take out of this life with us, I mean, we could gain the whole world. We could we could get more money than Bill Gates. But the only thing we're taking out of this world with us is what we do for Jesus this morning. Only And it's the only thing that matters. My, making that preparation. Our hope, not in this world, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'll come again in like manner. Hallelujah. And he's got a beautiful place waiting on The half hasn't been told us. My, what we got in store for us over heaven. My, we might have gloom and doom down here. We might have heartaches. We're either in a battle, coming out of the out of a battle, or we're going into a battle. Or the battle never ends down here. But our hope, our hope is over there. My, we're going to a place whose city, uh, uh, to a city whose builder and maker is God. Whereof ye heard before in. In the word of truth of the gospel, and he's talking about Ephesus, and I'm sure there was other ministers that came there and preached unto them, and Paul said, they preached this unto you and told you about this. He said, which is come unto you as it is in all the world. And he's talking about that gospel message that, that came unto the, you, and, and thank God that it went all, all over the world. Thank God it made it here to Tubbers Creek, West Virginia. Hallelujah this morning. Which has come unto you as it is in all the world and bringeth forth fruit. Do you see that gospel message? It's more powerful than what we realize. There's nothing more fruitful than that gospel message. I mean, you just go and you tell people what Jesus done for you and you have no idea what God can do with that. My, it's powerful. My, it's power. This gospel message can save the world. Hallelujah. It's just as powerful it was when Jesus stood up there and preached the sermon on the mount. This gospel message is fruitful. And it's powerful, and it has authority this morning. You begin to tell people that Jesus died, he rose again the third day morning, hallelujah, praise his high, that he can change life, that we've got eternal life in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a message that would never gets old. It, it's never outdated. It, it never loses its value. It never use, loses its authority. It's still just as powerful as it has always been. My, don't clam up. Don't be ashamed of the gospel, which is the power of salvation this morning. My, don't ever be ashamed to tell people what Jesus has done for you. My, it brought forth fruit. Hallelujah. He said, as it doth also in you. Do you see that gospel message came to Colossae by Epaphras and others, and it brought fruit 
bore fruit in those people. They were saved. They became saints and, and faithful brethren. They began to have love one for another like they never had before. It was that gospel message that changed their lives. My, it's still just as powerful as it has always been. Hallelujah this morning. Don't be ashamed of the gospel this morning. Woo! He said, since the day ye heard of it. Think about that. Ye also learned of, uh, he said, ye bring forth fruit as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it. My, the day they heard that gospel message, it began to convict them of their sins. It began to show them a better way. That Holy Ghost began to come in and woo them and draw them. And my, and it changed their lives. <laughs> my, they repented of their sins. They believed in the heart. They confessed it with the mouth. They began to let the Word of God transform them and renew their mind. And they became new creatures in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. That's the power of that gospel message. And they he said that the day you heard it and knew... The grace of God in truth. And I like that. These people at Colossae, they knew the grace of God in truth. In truth. Do you see there's a lot of, lot of churches and a lot of Christians. They, they, they like to talk about the grace of God, but they don't. I think a lot of people never really got it. Because they never really was willing to repent of their sins. Just like that back in Galatians that I taught last week. A lot of people still living in their sins and saying I'm a Christian when they're not. According to the scripture they're not. And what Paul's talking about here is the genuine art. Be a genuine Christian. Mate, don't do this thing halfway. Don't be half-hearted about this. Put God, allow Jesus not just to be your Savior but the Lord of your life. He said, it, he said it, and they knew the grace of God in truth. A lot of people's proclaiming grace and going out and committing adultery. It don't work that way. But you've got to proclaim grace and repent of your sins and come clean with God. Hallelujah. And allow the word of God to renew your mind and transform your lives. And, they, and these people, I believe, was the genuine article. They knew the grace of God in truth. Paul knew that because they had love one for another. He says, as you also learned of Epaphras, our dear, dear fellow servant, who is for you a faith, faithful minister of Christ. And, and, and Epaphras is believed he's the one that started that church and preached there. Whether he was the pastor, I don't know, or just a missionary. The Bible doesn't say, but Epaphras went there. He said, and who, verse 8 says, who also declared unto us, your love in the Spirit. Do you see there he's talking about that love in the Spirit again. Now, what Paul's saying, that love in the Spirit, they didn't have that shallow worldly love that I talked about not too long ago. They didn't have that shallow worldly love that's based on selfishness. That, that, well, I love you if you love me. I'll do good to you if you do good to me. No, the, the love of God's not like that. Do you see God... They, there's nothing we could ever do to add to the stature of God. There's nothing we could ever do to help God or, or enrich God or do anything. God's, God's God all by himself. He don't need none of us. But he was willing to look beyond all of our faults and failures and see a need in our life. And was willing to send his only begotten son to die in our place and for our benefit. And do you see his love for us wasn't based on his own selfishness. His love for us was based on our need, and he just loves us. 
not based on our performance or not based on our church attendance, not based upon our tithe giving. He just loves us this morning. And this is the kind of love that Paul's talking about. Epaphras declared unto Paul that, that love they had in the Spirit. And we can only have that love of God through and by the Spirit of God. Do you see? We, we, can't, we can't go beyond that old shallow worldly love in and, by, oh, in and of ourselves. We've got to have that love of God massaged in our hearts and, and, and pounded into our hearts. My, my, we serve a real God this morning. And he can still, just like he took these people in Colossae and absolutely changed their lives, he's still doing it 2,000 years. He ain't dead. The gospel message, it ain't decreased over time. It's still got the same power and authority. Hallelujah this morning. Praise his high and holy name. 